As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you mobile from the mobile Houston Outpost. Our schedule is a little messed up this week because of glorious Monday night football victories. So Dad will be back on next week and so will the professional microphones. But in a hectic week, I wanted to be able to get out some thoughts about the Steelers' victory over the Jeff Saturdays of Indianapolis while the game was still fresh in our minds. So the first thing that comes to mind when watching that game is the Steelers are getting better. At least the offense is getting better. And the games, as a result, are becoming more watchable. I think a lot of the conversational focus of the public will justifiably be on the clear progression of Kenny Pickett, because I do think there is a clear progression going on right now in front of our eyes. I'm seeing some debates about that, but I don't think that's legitimate. I think it's extremely exciting to see Kenny progressing. So a lot of the conversation will justifiably be revolving around that, but another door is being opened on the periphery, and that is the door to the Steelers running game, which has been completely absent since the death of the killer bees and since James Connors, you know, second to last year in Pittsburgh where when he was the feature back and had a great year there. But the run game has come alive behind Najee Harris, who was knocked out of the game early. This man is fighting through every injury known to man, basically upper body, mid body and lower body this year. So classic Steelers warrior, but he was having his third good game in a row which coincided with the Steelers' third good game in a row, um, which started occurring after the bye week when there was a big-time come-to-Jesus moment for everybody. Hey, we got to throw to the middle of the field at least a little bit. Hey, Najee, we're going to need you to run forward. Deontay Johnson, same thing. He still hasn't gotten the memo. But despite Najee getting knocked out early, a couple of – Old standbys, a couple of forgotten cast members, and Benny Snell, and with a little bit of help from Anthony McFarland, carried the Steelers' run game to a massive performance where over three running backs had, or well, three running backs had over 30 yards apiece. Benny Snell had his yearly workman like performance. I believe he went like 10 or 12 carries for 62 yards. I believe it was 10, and some just critical runs. And uh, Steelers' offensive line against a stout Colts defensive front is opening up holes. So 
We are looking at the offensive coordinator call a few better plays. We can track the number of throws that are designed to go over the middle or to go deep, and that number has gone up. The quarterback, who has not turned the ball over since the bye week, three games, no turnovers. Kenny, poor bastard, can't come by a touchdown pass. Deontay probably should have caught that back shoulder ball that Kenny threw earlier. And then Kenny Pickett, of course, does throw a gorgeous two-point conversion play to Pickens, who seems to be ascending as well. But the quarterback's clearly making better decisions, and he's using his legs to keep drives on schedule, which I think is a brilliant move for young quarterbacks. Of course, as he gets older, you'd like for him to run the ball less. But right now, it's really keeping the Steelers' offense on the field, and it's giving him confidence, and it's loosening the defense up. So you're seeing the progression there. And we already kind of knew that the Steelers had some some special things at work with the skill position players, and they can be a little up and down sometimes with drops, but they're obviously getting to show what they can do. And the run game, it helps to have a run game. So every element of the Steelers' offense has struggled this year, and every element has obviously gotten better. And it was really nice to see that in a road environment against a team that's sort of a laughing stock right now. The Colts, after hiring Jeff Saturday out of nowhere, you know, say what you want about that. I, I don't know how much I really care about that. And I sort of think the results, even though he's one and two, are sort of speaking for themselves. They're, the Colts are in these games. Probably should have beat the Steelers and... I don't remember who they lost to last week, but uh, they were close enough to rock and roll. Um, but it was good to see the Steelers go into an environment with a team that had a better record than them. So I know that the Colts are a bit of a laughing stock, but they had a better record than the Steelers, and they do have a good defense. And the Steelers showed that that progression is continuing, and it's nice to do so with a victory. So that's kind of my overarching first theme of the game is that the Steelers' offense in particular – is improving in visible and trackable ways in addition to the fact that, look, just the games are more watchable and you can kind of just trust your eyes. But it is nice to have some statistics and some situations to back that up. And that was my favorite part about the game. And, yes, it did slow down in the second half, which will be the second thing I will talk about in terms of overarching themes, and that's okay. But here's the difference between this week and last week. Not only are you seeing the Steelers make plays down the field and you're seeing running backs get extra yards where they need to, but you saw Kenny Pickett lead a beautiful game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. I know there were about eight minutes left or something like that, so we can just call it a go-ahead drive if you like, although it did win the game. But you saw the Steelers play football. That's what I feel like that was. You know, for years when we watched the Steelers with – Ben Roethlisberger, and even at sometimes Charlie Batch or Byron Leftwich or Cordell Stewart, the great one, or Tommy Maddox, there were times when the Steelers would go down in the fourth quarter and you'd think, maybe they'll win. We haven't really felt that way so much in the past few years. So I think it, it does wonders for all the young offenders' confidence levels, and that was something cool to see. Now, the second thing that stands out to me about the game is a bit more on the negative side if you look at it a certain way. And that's, once again, we're seeing a tale of two halves. The Steelers' first half against the Colts is probably the best half of football that they played all year. And there was an opportunity 
that Kenny Pickett, the young quarterback, is going to take his lumps. He missed George Pickens on a wide-open corner route from around the 10-yard line, I believe, that could have really put the Colts away, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was at the point in the game where they really could have just shut the door on the Colts in the first half. And then, unfortunately, they begin the second half with uh, giving up a massive return and John, letting Jonathan Taylor get going and eventually letting Matt Ryan get going uh, to be able to sort of carve the Steelers up on defense. And they lucked out with Jonathan Taylor uncharacteristically fumbling the ball going into the end zone and warmly diving on it and recovering it. So the, the collapse was probably even worse than it seems on the scoreboard. And obviously we don't care about style points in the, tra- in the area of the trajectory where the Steelers are right now, given the fact that they're a team that's on the rise. We're not, you know, we're just looking for improvement. We can't be nitpicky about, oh, if they didn't have this fumble, they wouldn't have won. But it does tell the story that the Steelers are having trouble finishing teams. And that's probably not where they're at right now. That's what really good teams do. So I'd hope by the end of the year, even though the Steelers have a, a, they have a tricky schedule, but it's not that bad. They play the Panthers and the Falcons, who I'd expect those games will be close because those are very tough teams. And I don't think the Steelers play either one of them in prime time, which is sort of the Mike Tomlin bread and butter. I believe he's 19-3 and three now on Monday Night Football. That's the second highest winning percentage to John Madden in Monday Night Football history. But I think he has like five more victories or six more victories than Madden even had. So Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, we know when it's a night game, usually they're going to come to play. So sometimes when they play these lesser teams like the Falcons or the Panthers or the Colts, as it may be, in prime time, that's sort of where I circle the date as, hey, the Steelers might blow this team out or they might be able to step on their throats and just win convincingly. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is I hope that we do get this, see the Steelers do that at least one time this year because they're going to need to do that by next year. Um, so very frustrating to see the Steelers fall apart. I think they opened the second half with two consecutive three and outs and it, it felt like last week against the Bengals where – you thought, oh, the Steelers have crashed back down to earth, and now we're seeing the same anemic team. But with that being said, I know they're not as good as the Bengals, but with Kenny leading the game-winning drive, Benny Snell running hard, and Alex Highsmith and Minka Fitzpatrick single-handedly shutting the door on the Colts' final drives, I mean, where... Highsmith broke in and had a sack, a beautiful strip sack on Matt Ryan that the Colts were fortunate to recover. And then immediately on the hurry up for the next play, read the offense, could tell that they were going to run the ball, as he pointed out in the postgame interview, and then stuff the ball carrier there. Alex Highsmith, he is that dude. This is – I think it's pretty much official now that we're at Harrison Woodley territory – with T.J. Watt, who clearly is hurt. I mean, didn't make much of an impact at all, but that guy also has multiple injuries that he's dealing with. But Bud Dupree had a nice ascension at the end of his time with T.J., but I don't think he was ever the nuanced pass rusher that Alex Highsmith is. I think that's sort of showing a little bit in, in Tennessee. Although he was a very good player, Bud was also a member of a very good defense. But we now have two guys who can make game-changing plays – who are, what is TJ, 26 or 27? 
Highsmith a few years younger than him. These guys are young. These guys are in the prime. They're going to be in the prime for a little while longer. So will Minka Fitzpatrick. It's just really excited, exciting to see Minka and TJ continue their level of play and to see Highsmith and young guys start to really become into star players because that is something that you can definitely build on, not just for the future, but for the immediate future, for like the next year future for the 2023 Steelers. That's a lot of big pieces to have. Two edge rushers, you know, they're going to be in the argument for the best edge rushing tandem in the league if they keep it up. So that was awesome. But tail of two halves, Steelers got to stop collapsing like that. All right. And the last theme here is not really a theme. It's just sort of a look at where the Steelers are, because I think the effort against the Bengals, which fell flat, was actually an active step forward with them putting up 20 points, kind of having a go-ahead drive at the end of the second quarter and really hanging in there against a very good Bengals team. And yeah, they totally fell apart at the end of the game, the Steelers did, but they also salvaged a bit of a garbage time touchdown, which still means something that they still fought. And once again, we got to judge them for where they are. We couldn't even imagine them. Well, I guess we could imagine them keeping pace with the Bengals because week one was incredible when the Steelers defense was just immaculate, but clearly the Bengals have progressed back into their own form since then. So pretty amazing to see the Steelers be in a fight with a team like that who looks to be, once again, a Super Bowl contender. This Colts game, another step forward. You know, a chance to fall flat, hit your face on a rake, as it were, and they didn't do it. Game-winning drive, you know, game-winning defensive plays, also just continued momentum for the young quarterback and and, uh, receiver and running back and tight end and all these critical pieces you're looking at. And just to address one more time the thing with Kenny's development, we know that he doesn't have elite physical traits, but his arm is good enough. And we are seeing some of the best throws I've ever seen him make within that game. There was a third and nine where I gasped audibly, and Dan Orlovsky broke it down on Twitter this morning. I suggest you watch it, but it's third and nine. Again, a territory where as Steelers fans for the past four years, we think there's no chance we're going to get a first down here, whereas the years prior, we know ah, probably 50-50 we'll get it. So pocket breaks down a little bit. He shuffles to the left instead of bailing the pocket, which is the main thing he's had to work on. You're seeing Kenny Pickett fix his his big no-nos, like bailing the pocket and stuff, not going outfield. You're seeing him fix these things in a few weeks. This is rapid progress, everybody. He's not playing on a good offense. They're all growing together. So this is very impressive. But on that play, shuffles to the left and then fires a ball probably 20, 30 yards in the air on a rope to George Pickens, who's actually to the right of Kenny Pickett. That is a crazy arm strength throw let alone the two-point conversion where he does appropriately break the pocket to the right and then fire a laser to Pickens in the back of the end zone. You're seeing that arm strength. Obviously, his running is even better than we expected. I think he's like an Alex Smith, Ryan Tannehill type guy. When those guys came in the league and you realize they don't look like they'd be running quarterbacks, but these guys are pretty athletic and they can, you know, it's not the smoothest thing in the world. Although I do think Kenny's a smooth player. It's obviously not like watching Kyler Murray run around out there. But he's very fast and he's improving that. You know, we've had some dropped passes, unfortunately, in the past few weeks. But he hit past few weeks, but he hit two go balls against the Bengals. One of them dropped. He had a 
nice post to Fryermuth this past game, and you're just seeing the progression of, of what he can do, and it's really exciting that way. And so the Steelers play the Falcons next week. The Falcons are tough as hell. Steelers have to win this game. If they can stack this win, you're feeling really good going into Baltimore, who, yes, is a better team and has given up an insane amount of fourth-quarter leads this year, but they have been kind of crushing the cream of the crop in the NFL. They were dusting the Bills and the Dolphins before they choked it away in the fourth quarter. So all I'm trying to say is the Ravens are good, and you got to watch out or they can get on you in a hurry. Obviously, the Steelers have had a lot of success against Lamar Jackson in the past, but they're not as fast on defense as they were a few years ago. So we'll see what happens. I guess I'm trying to say, though, is they have a chance. It's a divisional rival. And then after that, you have the Panthers, who are another cupcake. The Steelers could lose to any of these teams. But when you're looking at that three-game stretch, if you can go two and one in that stretch, which I guess takes you to three and one if you count in the Colts game, that's really amazing progress for the Steelers. And I'm excited to see where they're going. I saw a couple tweets after the game. This victory over the Colts took the Steelers from the fifth pick to the 12th pick in the draft. Look, two points on that. Dad said on the phone earlier today, if the one loss moves your draft position that wildly, I mean, you know, it's going to happen again, right? It's not that big of a deal. This isn't the last game of the season that changed your draft position. And then secondarily, we lost faith a little bit there. After they started, you know, so poorly and thought, damn, maybe the Steelers will only win three or four games. This is kind of shocking. I never thought I'd see the day. But we were pretty staunch in our approach before the season that they'd end up a game on either side of 500. And it would be shocking to see the Steelers ever have a top five draft pick. And that just seems like it's heading that way in terms of the Steelers not drafting in the top five. They're going to win a few more games this year. And so don't get too bent out of shape that they're not going to have a chance at the edge rusher Anderson or the edge rusher from uh, Alabama, as it were, or whoever it may be. Like, there's no chance they're taking a quarterback. So everybody, you know, don't think about that. And so far, the quarterback they took is passing all the tests. You see him pass more for the rest of the year. But it's an exciting couple weeks for the Steelers coming up here. It would be nice to see them continue growing, stacking wins and uh, having games that are more watchable, which has been a nice change of pace. Anyways, follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Email us at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Until next week, go Steelers. Keep it